Hey there, my name is Maya Kennedy. Let me just clear the air. This is a safe space where we talk about all the things, life, community, relationships, and faith, where we ditch what we put on our Instagram stories, learn to be okay with exactly where we are, and share that gift with any girl who will listen. This is where we share life, all the victories, big and small, failures that make us cringe, heartbreaks that make us ugly cry, and ultimately how God shows up in all of that. I firmly believe that in order to live our lives out of abundance, confidence, and grace, we need to walk in community. And that's exactly what this is, a community in our little corner of the podcast universe. So again, welcome. I cannot wait to share this with you. So let's get into it. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Mackenzie Ray. Mackenzie is a singer-songwriter and just came out with her new single, You and You Alone. And it is such a beautiful song, you guys. Mackenzie has a passion for Jesus, and today we are talking all about dating and relationships, good, bad, and awkward. We spend the most time talking about our relationship with God, the most important relationship we have to have right before we can enter into any other kind of relationship, especially a romantic one. So get ready, because here is an honest conversation with my friend Mackenzie. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Girls Room Podcast. On today's episode, we have Mackenzie joining us today, and I am so excited that you are here. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. I I love Jesus and I love podcasts, so this is like a nice, beautiful baby about to be born. (laughs) Yes, I'm so with that. Okay, so... Tell us a few things so the girls can kind of get to know you. Where are you from? What do you do? And then tell us something you are super passionate about. Okay. So I was born and raised in Corona, California, also known as, well, it used to be the 909. Now it's the 951. Um, But I've been living in Newport Beach for, I think it's been at least like seven years now. And I am a social media manager for Candice Cameron Beret. And if you don't know who that is, that is... DJ Tanner from Full House, if you grew up watching Full House. Yeah, it's it's like the most randomest job, but I'm just so blessed and so it's just rad to work for her. Um, and then um, a few things I'm passionate about would be uh, obviously Jesus, um, music. I love music. I love writing music about Jesus and my family. And then also... Um, a new person in my life. I've been calling him my Jesus mate. How many times can I say Jesus in a minute? I don't know. Let's, let's count. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that guy. His name is Austin. So yeah, those are, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I'm kind of blown away because when you said you were a social media manager for Candace Cameron, Beret, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. I, I don't remember if I ever told you. I don't really never told me that. Yeah. Like when they ask me what I do, I normally am like, yeah, I'm a social media manager. And, and then they're like, yeah, I just keep it vague. Cause I just, I don't know. I don't want it to be, I don't, it's not even weird. I just make it weird. And then people are like, oh yeah, for, for a brand or what do you do it for? And, and I'm like, no, it's just for a person. And that's when they're like, okay, well who, because only Only one person. Yeah. Like only certain people need a manager when it comes to social media. So Anyways, yeah, that's just been a huge blessing. It was very random, but that's what I do on my day-to-day life of my working. Wow. And so, okay, I'm so interested. Maybe this is off topic, but- No, you're totally fine. It's not because it's still like a huge part of my story. 
I want to yeah. know how you got connected, how you got involved in this kind of like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been doing, I worked in the fashion industry for two and a half years with actually my best friend, Brie, who you had on yes. how months ago now or weeks ago. Um, and within that I did PR and I did social media. And that was when like social media was like just starting and it was like gaining momentum. And so I just got really good at it. And, um, about, I think it's been a, over a year now I've been working for her about a year ago, I started fervently praying for a new job that would make me or help me be financially stable. Like that was literally my, my prayer. I had no idea what it looked like. I thought of everything under the sun because at the time I was a fitness instructor and I was teaching like 11 classes a week and I was running my body into the ground and I wasn't making just, you know, California is expensive as yes. we all know. Yes. So I was just like, my gosh, this is not sustainable as much as I love it. It's not sustainable. And so I just started praying and praying and praying and praying. And then I got a DM on Instagram and, uh, it was from one of my best friends, like friends, she's like an acquaintance of mine. And she had noticed that I had, you know, a blog and I've been doing social media for so long. And she kind of was super vague and was like, Hey, um, this is really random, but I don't know if you've ever looked into a job in social media, like management, but we're looking for a person to be a social media manager for a woman who is a, who has a large following and is a Christian. Are you interested? That's she didn't give me a name. She didn't give me anything. And I was just kind of like, um, yeah, I'm interested in more details sort of thing. Like, <laughs> who? um, and she was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll touch back. And that was like, I don't even know. And then like two months later, she just checked in again, if I was still interested. And I was like, yeah, sure. Still interested in details. And then they checked in again. And then finally I had like a phone conversation and then I, you know, met people on her team and then I met her and it just like worked out really well. But like, long story short, it was just completely God because I've also been pursuing the entertainment industry since I was 16 years old. And over time, just like realized that, you know, being a singer or an actress, like just wasn't the, uh, lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but then I was also pursuing social media for however long that was too. And then God just like tied it in a beautiful bow and was like, Hey, I'm going to give you a job in the entertainment industry, but it's not going to be the way that you thought you would be in that industry. And it's also going to be with something that you've gotten really good at and can use your like creative side of your brain for. Um, and then also this woman is going to be completely faith-based. So you're not going to have to, uh, compromise on anything because literally I don't, I know that I stand on the same foundation as Candace stands. So it's just really helpful for me. Um, where I know like, I'll never have to be like, Oh gosh, this sucks. Like this goes against, you know, what I believe in, or, you know what I mean? It's just, been an awesome, awesome journey. And it's cool because I just get to continuously look at my job and just see how faithful God has been. Wow. What a great story first off. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. And I also loved DJ and full house. So uh, most people do, you know, it's so funny because normally our age, like a lot of people who know her are a little bit older because of Hallmark. She's a huge Hallmark channel. People call her the queen of Christmas. Yes. So whenever I tell people that like are my age, 
the name doesn't resonate right away, but right when I'm like, yeah, she was DJ Tanner on Full House, everyone's like, oh, I know exactly who that is. Cause I grew up watching Full House and most people my age did. So uh, yeah, it's pretty funny when I tell them. Oh my gosh, so cool. That's an awesome yeah. job. I love that you make music. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I touched on how I have been, I mean, I've been pursuing the industry since I was 16, probably like maybe 14, I don't know. But when I was 16, I randomly, I always wanted to be a dancer or an actress. I grew up singing, but it was never like my strong suit. So I never really like honed in on it. Um, I wish I did now, but I didn't. And so I auditioned for a girl group when I was 16 and it was like really random. I would just get random like auditions all the time. And so I got this audition. I was like, sure, whatever, like, let's go. And my mom took me and I ended up getting into the girl group. And so then that is how I met one of my best friends that is still my best friend today. Her name is Melina met her in the girl group. And basically for 12 years, we kind of just stuck to stuck 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 together words. Then, yeah words they're weird um stuck together for the, the past 12 years and um just pursuing music and it was first it was a group thing and then we just kept losing girls because it was just hard to sustain that and so we kind of just were like you know what like let's just be a duo and so we became harlow the duo and we pursued that and there's music on Spotify and, you know, we had managers and this and that, but you know, the music industry is very, very hard and it's very different nowadays because it's not about, um, you know, selling records or selling albums. It's all about streams. So anybody can put music out, which is a blessing, but also kind of a curse because it's just overly saturated in a sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And then basically uh Melina got married and she got pregnant and I was kind of still just doing my thing being single and um yeah I just had a lot of time on my hands and then quarantine happened and I had a lot of time and I just got this overwhelming like I don't know what the right word is it's not call but I want to start writing music about God and my relationship with him and how faithful and how great and how good he is, because I've only ever written music about boys and heartbreak because that's all I know. Like I can't even write love songs because it's hard for me to relate. Like now I'm in love, but like for such a long time, all I knew was heartbreak. So I got really good at writing sad songs. Um, but yeah, when I sat down at the piano to like write about God, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, what do I, I don't, this is so weird. And, but then I started and I wrote like eight songs. Cause I just, it just became like a ripple effect of pouring out of me. Um, and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to, I have a producer that I trust and that I love, and I'm just going to record these songs and I'm going to release them. And if something comes of it, that's awesome and amazing. And that means that, you know, I was, I was supposed to go down that road, but like if, if nothing comes of it, the most I would want to come out of it is somebody listened to the song and was that much closer to Jesus. And, you know, or, or, yes. or just like, yeah. I, I wanna, yes. Yeah. So that's been like my journey with music as well. And so, and now like, I just kind of, 
you know, if I want to write, I write. If I want to record, I record. And I lead worship at my church, which I just absolutely love doing. So it's just become this, you know, it's a, it's an awesome gift that he gave me. And I'm now just finally realizing it, that this gift was not meant for my glory, but it was meant for his glory. And so whatever I can do to give him glory through that gift is just, you know, a cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to do. And guys, if you haven't listened to Mackenzie's new song, you need to check it out. It's linked in her Instagram and it's on Spotify, right? All of that. All of that. Yeah. Okay. Spotify, Apple Music. I think it's even on Pandora, Amazon. Like it's everywhere. It's everywhere, guys. At least so- it just goes everywhere. So yes. And I um, will link Mackenzie in the show notes. So you guys can definitely check her out and be her friend because she would love that. <laughs> yeah. I love new friends. I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation about relationships today, because I think it can be such a touchy subject, literally for everyone, because it's such a close, it it hits close to home. You know, people want to be in relationship. I think that's how God designed us. And I want to talk about what God says about relationships, how we can get our minds focused on living right here, right now the beauty of our relationship with God, what we can miss out on when we're focused on the wrong things or when we're so focused on romantic relationships, how that can mess us up both spiritually and within our own identity. When we just are so like 110% in a romantic relationship, how that can be negative. I mean, we can go everywhere with this conversation. So I'm going to try to keep it very specific, but Basically, I would love for you to share your testimony in regards to relationships, romantic and with God as well. So go for it. Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm really bad at making a, sh- a long story short. I, I have actually, actually said that in my testimony because I did a testimony video um, when I was in quarantine. I had so much time in quarantine. I did so much stuff. Yes. Um, and it's on my Instagram. So if you want to hear like the long version, cause I'm going to try and condense my connection between relationships and my relationship with God is like one in the same. And I, and I say that because that is what got me to where I am with my relationship with Christ. Um, at a young age, I've always been boy crazy. Always. I mean, like I kissed my first boy in preschool and he ran away from me. And, um, I had like boyfriends in elementary school that lasted probably maybe a couple weeks, but yet they still were considered boyfriends. So it's, it's so dumb, but I entered into like my first, um, serious, I guess you can say relationship when I was, uh, I think 15 years old. And I was in that relationship for about almost three years, maybe it was 14 years old because then my second relationship happened literally immediately after when I was 17. And I was in that relationship for about four years, like right before I turned 21. And both of those relationships, I was the spiritual leader, I guess you can say, because both of the boys that I dated uh, did not believe in, in God, did not have a faith or a walk or anything. And I was born and raised in a very strong Christian household where like we went to church every Sunday and like just faith was just always what I knew. I've, I've never gone a day not knowing who Jesus is and that Jesus loves me. I can't say that I've gone a day without knowing Jesus loved me because there came a time where I was like, I don't know, honestly, but, um, I've just always known who Jesus was. And so, so yeah, so going through those relationships at such a young age, um, you know, 
it was, my parents always told me like, be equally yoked, be equally yoked. And obviously these boys were not equally yoked because they weren't Christians. And, you know, when you start at a young age, not dating a Christian, it's kind of like all, you know, and so you're just like, yeah, yeah, mom, whatever, like, I can bring him to Christ. I can save him. Like it's, you know, all those things that we think we can do because we think we're so big and mighty when really we have nothing to do when it comes to saving people. It all has to do with Jesus. And so I don't know, maybe I got in like a habit, but I definitely got in a habit of thinking that being in a relationship is what made me whole rather than my relationship with Christ is what is my is what my identity is placed in and how I feel whole is because he fulfills me rather than another person fulfills me. So then when I hit 21 um, or about to turn 21, my boyfriend broke up with me and it was like, I got hit by a train because I did not see it coming. And I was like, what? And so I was, you know, an idiot. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be single for that long. It's fine. Like this will be fine. Well, I was wrong. I was single for seven years, um, which I just think is hilarious now. But at the time it was not hilarious, but um, just shows you that when you try to make plans for yourself, God has other plans. Yes. And now I look back and I'm super thankful for those seven years, but going through them, it was really hard because, you know, I, I, I was going on dates, you know, I was on the apps and I was going on dates with people that were not Christians at all. And I was hanging around people that were not Christians at all. Um, And which then like put me in like a spiral of like going out all the, you know, I was newly 21. I never drank before I was 21. So like when I hit 21, it was like, oh, I can drink and go out and go to bars now. Like, this is so fun. And so I started like doing that. And then it just, it just, you know, it could have been a lot worse, you know, a lot worse. Um, and thankfully it wasn't, but still, I was still going out and partying and kissing boys. And thankfully that, that was all that was as well. Like I, I'm a virgin still to this day and God had common grace on me. And I think just really like saved me from potentially ruining one of the most important things that I held dear to my heart. I was just super far from God. Like I was using him as a drive through Jesus, which I just think is like the funniest thing, but I heard it a while ago and it's so true. It's like a drive, like you go through your drive through, you get what you need from Jesus. You pray like when you need it or when you want something or whatever it is, but that's how I was using him. I never read my Bible ever. And I grew up in the church. So like I I read it, obviously, if I went to church, but I never read it on my own. If I ever opened my Bible, I opened it to like a random page and just started reading, which like the Bible isn't written for that. Like you're not supposed to just open it and just read whatever you want. Like you can, but at the same time, there's context in, in the Bible. So, um, and and also- Yeah. And also like my heart just was so far from him that like, I just, you know, again, it was me, 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 me. It had nothing to do with him and my relationship with him. And it had everything to do with me, which is just wrong. (laughs) Period. It's so in, I just talked about this in the podcast for this week, but it's like in our selfish nature, we make everything about ourselves, even though our life is not our own, but we do it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. And like, it was just, yeah, everything. I just think back and it's just, everything was about 
how I wanted to feel and what I needed. And that's just exhausting period. The end, it's just exhausting when you're trying to be your own God basically. And that's exactly what I was trying to do was be my own God. I was trying to be in control of my dating life. And I was seeing all of my friends get married or get engaged or be in these great relationships. And even when my friends, cause I have a few that would just be in relationships, just the fact that they would get a relationship and I couldn't get a guy to stick around for like longer than a month or two, I would get so jealous. And that would just, I don't, it would seep into that relate my relationships with my friends and it's just so unhealthy. And so I just kept thinking like, Oh, if I just get a partner, if I just have a husband or a boyfriend, for goodness sake, I will be whole and I will be so happy and content with my life. And if I just get that one thing, and that's like the spiral effect of anything in life. If you're just like, oh, if I just get this raise and more money, I'll be happy. If I just get this material thing, I'll be happy. You're always going to constantly be running after those things because they are not fulfilling and they will always fail you no matter what. And unfortunately it took me seven years for me to figure out and the light bulb to click on, to be like, holy crap, I've been running after just something that's so, yes, of course, it's okay to desire to be married. It's okay to desire to have a husband and be in relationship. Cause like you said, that's the way we were designed. That's the way we were created was for relationship, but it's toxic when it's all you think about when you walk into a room and then you're just like, okay, where's my husband? When you join a club and you're like, okay, where's my husband? And that's how I got, like, I was just so focused on that one thing. And I was missing so much around me. It took a guy, I met a guy on Instagram and he was a Christian and he, as, cause girls like to do this. We like to tick boxes for our husband. We're like, Oh, he checks all the boxes. You know, everyone always says that. So this guy checked all the boxes for me and he kind of came out of nowhere. And I was just kind of like, Oh my gosh. And I became like obsessed with the fact that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my husband. Like for sure. Like no doubt about it. This is my husband. And God was like, no, he's not. And I was like, yes, he is. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Like literally. And so Um, yeah. And I basically finally, uh, got the courage to kind of talk to this guy and be like, Hey, I was 26 at the time. I'm 28 now. And I was like, I'm 26. I know what I want. And I want this to like, I want to work this out with you. And I want to do this with you. Cause he lived up North and, um, he basically said, no, he was like, I, I don't want this. This is not what I want. And something is telling me no, and it's a no. And so I went home like heartbroken and again, for the, I don't even know how many times. And for some reason, I just, something clicked and I got home and I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm getting the same outcome over and over again. And that is heartbreak. It was the Holy Spirit starting to work inside of me and starting to reveal things to me that I was completely missing. Um, I was always the person where I was like, I know everything. Like, you don't need to tell me anything, God. I know everything. I know what I need in a husband. And like the Holy Spirit started to work inside of me. And I got this desire to 
open my Bible. And I wanted, I wanted to read my Bible. Like it wasn't even just like a, oh, I guess I'll just do this and this will make me feel better. Or, you know, if I do this, like, then I'll be happy. It was legit. Like I went to a Bible study and my associate pastor was one of the head people for that Bible study. And I literally looked at him and I said, I want to read my Bible, but I don't know how I feel like there's like this equation that I'm missing and I, and I don't know what to do. And he was just like, it doesn't have to be this crazy thing. Read John. John is a great book to start in. Just read whatever you can. And you know, you can read it. You can reflect on it. You can journal about it. You can pray about it. Like whatever works for you do that. And I was kind of just like, okay, yeah, I'll try that. So every day I would just find time. It wasn't even like a morning routine because I was still teaching fitness classes and those were normally in the morning, like straight away. So it was just whenever I could find time, I just started reading the Bible and I started with chapters, but then I started kind of reading a smaller amount just because I just felt like there, there's just so much juiciness in the Bible and, and I just love it. And I just, I, I always tell people like reading your Bible is not a sprint. It's not a, let me read this book as fast as I can. It's like, God wants you to sit and like meditate on his word. And that's what I started doing. And as I started to do that, he started to open my eyes. And one day I was reading John, I think it's like John chapter three, I believe. And it was about, um, Jesus and John the Baptist, and they were both baptizing people, but they were in like different regions, baptizing people and people that were with John the Baptist getting baptized basically went to John the Baptist and was like, have you heard about this guy named Jesus, like stealing your thunder and baptizing people? Like, can you believe this? Like, how are you not jealous of him? Like taking like all these things, right? Whatever. And the word jealous stuck out in my head, jealousy. And it, and when you read the word, or when you read um, like a normal translation, like an ESV or an NIV, I don't really even think the word jealous is in that translation. I actually saw the word jealous, which I don't suggest reading the message because it's just very paraphrasy. And sometimes it just kind of steers away from the original text. But for some reason, I looked at the message version and thank God I did because the word jealous was in there. And that was what I focused on when like I was reading and when I started journaling and I started thinking about how I've been so jealous of my friends and their happiness and like jealous because I, I didn't have that happiness. And all of a sudden, and I say this in my testimony video, but I just started like hearing this song in my head and it was, it's called how he loves by the David Crowder brand band. Sorry. The first line I've heard that I like grew up on that song. Like I've known that song since I, I don't even know how old I was, but the very first line is he is jealous for me. And it's talking about God and how he is jealous for us. Um, and it just like it clicked in my head. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like God is jealous for me. And, and again, I, I go over this in my testimony video of like how God's jealousy is not the same as our jealousy. Like, you know, our jealousy is envious and selfish because we are selfish in our human nature, but God's jealousy is a yearning 
to have our hearts and have us be focused on him and him alone. That's it. And I actually just wrote a song and it's called you and you alone. And it's all about just Jesus and him and him alone. And when we take our eyes off of that, even for like a second, it's so easy to be consumed. And so I just had this realization of like, my gosh, I've missed the point this entire time. I don't find my fulfillment in another sinful, broken human such as myself. Like I find fulfillment in Christ and Christ alone because he's the only one that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Whereas like everyone else will always change and something will always be different in the world, but God is constant. And that's what's so beautiful about being able to rely on him is that he is always the same. And that's such a breath of fresh air to me, because in a world that's ever changing to have that constant, and then also his truth, which is the word, there is not a day that goes by that I do not thank him so much for saving me because I don't know where I would be if he never saved me that day and like really, truly opened my eyes and started to work in me and giving me this desire to read his word. Like I, I don't, I could probably still be single, still doing exactly what I was doing and dating all the wrong people. It's funny that you say, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the message, but good thing I read it. And it just kind of goes to show that God can speak through anything, whether it is exactly what God would say, or it's something a little different. Like I believe that God can use even secular things to bring people to him. So, and I will say also, maybe I've just seen a reoccurring pattern in my own life, but I've also seen it in other, other people's lives as well Is he uses the one thing that you hold the most close to like, that you do not want to give. And that could be your husband. That could be not being able to get pregnant. That could be health, your job. Yeah. It could be anything, but it's, I've, I've just seen a reoccurring theme of like, when we hold so close to something like, no, I can do it. I can figure this out. I can control it. God just wants you to let go of that one thing. So he can do a unreal work in your life because he does way more. And he showed me that like he can do, he's so much more creative than I was ever being with the person that I am now with my boyfriend, Austin, like It's just an unreal reminder of how faithful God really is and how when we truly do surrender ourselves and and that one thing that we think that we can fix or whatever it is, when we surrender that to him, he does such beautiful things with it because he is the creator of the universe. I mean, look at sunsets and sunrises. He's the one who does that. So like, why wouldn't he want to do something beautiful for your life that whoever you're listening, whoever's listening or or my life or your life? Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree with that. Like God didn't have to make beautiful things, but he does. God doesn't have to surprise us, but he does. And it's, it's a testament to his love for us. The fact that he does take the time to surprise us or to show us that he remembers. I think it's so easy for us to think God forgot about me. Like all my friends are getting married and engaged and having babies. And he just forgot that that's what I wanted clearly, (laughs) but no, he, he remembers. It's just not on your timeline. And until we really believe that God has better plans than we do, we're going to continue to struggle and continue to push and pull with him until we give that up. So, yeah. 
And that's what I always say too, is God is a God that cares about the little details, the little small miracles in your life, or um, even the details of the hardship, because just because he wants um, beautiful things for you does not mean that that will not come with out hardship because he tells us we will have trials in this life, but take heart because he have over, he's overcome this world. Um, and that is such one of God's promises that I hold true to myself, because even when, you know, things are great and dandy and he has answered a lot of my prayers and he has been so faithful. I always pray, let God, let me remember your faithfulness and all of what you've done when those trials come, um, because they will. And because in those seven years, when I was in those trials and in the trenches of those trials, I never once looked to him. I just, I thought what you just said, I thought God was angry at me. And I thought, you know, he didn't want to give me my desires. And, and I'm glad that he didn't want to give me my desires because they were wrong when I wanted them. They were so like, not, good for you. Yeah. They're not good for me. And they weren't aligned with his word. And so, and now I, whenever I do have like a new desire or whatever it is, I'm just kind of at this point place in my life right now where I'm like, I don't want this unless you want this for me, God, that is such a freeing place to be in where you want your desires to line up with his. And that's why I'm always like, please let me stay here. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. As soon as you get comfortable, he shakes it up. So, Oh, does he though? He does. Doesn't he? Let's jump right into this. You started off with, uh, dating guys who you said were not equally yoked. So I wanted to talk with you. What does it mean to you to be equally yoked? And what maybe, what did your mom tell you was equally yoked? We yeah. hate it when moms are right, but sometimes they are. So, oh, oh yeah. I always say like my mom, I have no problem. My mom was right. Like period the end yeah. my mom and dad were right. The word equally yoked. I wish I could have wrapped my little teenage adolescent brain, even young adult brain around it. Um, because I just feel like if you are a Christian, that should be your number one priority, uh, when it comes to dating is dating somebody with your same faith-based values. And, um, you know, as much as I would love to say that there is, well, there is, there is just one value and that is his word period. The end, if you're living your life, not according to your word, to the word, and you're a Christian reevaluate. Yeah. I was like, I can't think of the word that yeah. Reevaluate. There's a lot of noise going on right now in the faith-based community, even in the evangelical community, like of just people taking the word of God and taking it out of context and forming it to their argument or their opinions. Whereas like the word of God doesn't have an opinion. It's one opinion and it's God's opinion. And that's all that matters. Equally yoked is just one of those things that I wish I would have listened to my parents earlier on. Cause maybe it might've saved me a lot of heartbreak. You know, I'm not saying Christians are perfect because they're definitely not. And I have dated a few Christians that, you know, confessed or, uh, professed to be Christians and we're so far from it. And that was also a rude awakening. So I just think it's just one of those things that is super hard sometimes because you sometimes meet a person and you're, and again, you play the game of, I can save them 
or, ah, oh, there's a word for that. And I can't remember what they call it. It's called a uh, missionary dating. Yeah. Like something yeah. like something like that. Yeah. Where, yeah. And you just think that you can save that person. And you know, sometimes that does happen. Not, I'm not saying sometimes you save that person. I'm saying sometimes that person does come to faith, but that shouldn't be your main goal. Your main goal. Yeah. Like your main goal should be to date somebody who is equally yoked, who loves Jesus, who knows the word and wants to lead you. If you're a woman, it should be a man who wants to lead you and lead you to him, always pointing you to him, no matter what. And I see that now in my relationship and I'm so thankful for that. It's really easy to just kind of push it aside and be like, it's fine. This is fine. Like, or, or another thing is I'm going to push that aside and I'm just going to, it's okay if I'm just into my faith, like they don't need to be. But I think the problem is, is people, they have like tunnel vision and they're just thinking of their relationship right now. Whereas like, if you're in a relationship, if you're a Christian, like there's actually no dating in the Bible. Like right. the Bible doesn't talk about dating at all. It talks about single, you're a brother and sister in Christ and then marriage. I also think too, we have to remember as believers that God tells us not to do things or to do certain things to protect us, not to withhold yeah. good things from us. If we believe God gives good and perfect things to us, then why would we believe that he's withholding love or withholding a perfect relationship from you from a guy who doesn't believe in Jesus? That's just not even in the equation. If anything, he's trying to protect you from yourself, which we've all been there at some points where we make these really dumb decisions because we allow our feelings to make them for us. And so that's why, especially for all my ladies who are dating right now, are trying to date other people and figure out what they want cut to the meat. Don't try to skirt around the bush and, and be like, Oh, I can find out if he's a Christian later. If you don't know by the first date, then it's a no go because if he doesn't bring it up on the first date, then he doesn't care. Well, you better preach. Keep going. (laughs) I know. And that is seriously something my mom always like right after I would meet a guy or go on a date with guys, she was like, so is he a Christian? And I'd be like, well, mom, like, I didn't want to talk about that yet. And she would just be like, I don't, I don't understand you, Mackenzie. Like you say that your faith is important. Why wouldn't that be like one of the very first questions you ask a person? I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Well, it wasn't fine. Like it wasn't fine (laughs) sort of thing, you know, and it's, and it wastes so much time. You know, we all sit here and we're like, woe is me. I'm so single. I can't find anybody. And yeah, sometimes it is really hard to find like a decent human that loves Jesus. But at the same time, we're wasting so much time going on dates with people that we know, like it's not going to work, especially if they're not on the same level as faith with you. Like, why are you even just what, like what you said, why are you even like beating around the bush of that? Like get to the meat of it, you know? Yeah. It, if it's important to you, then it should be something you bring up on your own anyways. Yeah. But if you're looking for a man who, who's supposed to lead in a relationship, then they should bring it up. And if they don't, then yikes. That's, that's yeah. A- that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You know, sure. it's just, yeah. Yeah. If I would have listened to my own advice right now, I would have been a lot better off a lot sooner, but you know, God works those 
situations, the ones that we put ourselves in for our good, even when they're bad. I've learned so much through all of these dating relationships I've had. Did he want those for me? No. But at the same time, because of those things, I'm now in a way more healthy relationship that does have God at the center that is important to both of us. At this point in my life, and I would assume yours too, we're both seeking what God wants for us first, rather than what do we want for ourselves first? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a game changer. It changes everything when you change your mindset. It totally does. And do I wish that I, God would have saved me and opened my eyes, you know, when I was 21 years old? Like, yes, mainly because I would have had so much more joy and contentment. Just like, I'm not saying, oh, if I would have done this, I would have found a guy a lot sooner. Like, no, no, I could have been still single for seven years, but at least I would have been joyful and fulfilled through him rather than myself and trying to be my own, you know, God and trying to control everything. We guilt trip ourselves into going to things that we don't need to be at. We're really putting so much power into our own hands. We're saying, wow, if I don't go to this event, I'm not going to meet my husband. And then I won't get married. And then I'm going to have 10 cats. Sorry, if you already (laughs) have 10 cats. Sorry, that was good. (laughs) Like, that's where we, that's what we do. We end up going into this spiral of taking it all the way to the end. And yeah. at the, end of the day, you don't have that power. You will never derail the plans of God. You cannot, you are not that powerful. Yeah, no, totally. Then that just shows you how little you think God is. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a sense, you know, so. and I do that. I try to put God into oh, yeah. a box that I understand and that I can compartmentalize him and say, okay, yeah. so this is what you can do. And this is what I can do. And we can yeah. just stay on our sides of the line and be friends. <laughs> and it just is like, wait a minute. No, God is bigger than you. He knows more than you. Let it happen. Girl, it's going to be okay. Let it go. <laughs> but something in your box. Okay. Okay. So the desire to be married is totally normal. So, and we've been kind of ragging on but what if my husband what if my husband's there right but yeah yeah. it really is normal like duh god created marriage god designed us to want to be with somebody that's being a christian is already hard being a christian alone is impossible and so that's why there's community and that's why god does want um people to get married obviously there are other options and god blesses those as well but when it comes to women who want to be in relationship who want to get married Let's talk about this concept of obsessing over marriage. How can this be a negative thing in our relationships with our friends? And you've kind of touched on that too. And just in our relationship with God, if we're so focused on the wrong thing or on, or not necessarily the wrong thing, right? Cause he put that desire in our heart, but how can that be a negative thing in our life? Yeah. So I just think when you obsess over something that is not God, <laughs> it is, will easily turn into a negative because again, you're, you're putting your hope and your faith and your desire in a person rather than putting your hope and your faith and desire in a all powerful, (laughs) all powerful being (laughs) instead of putting your faith in God, who is the creator of this universe. So what I saw is like, a, it's negative because you can get easily influenced by the wrong people because all you're doing is you're focusing on, I need to go out. I need to meet a person. I, I need this person in my life because I won't be happy. And if that's all you're focusing on, you're not going to focus on, oh, well, what does God want? Let, let me take a beat and be like, well, what does God want for me? And maybe I should just like sit and like meditate on that and read my Bible and 
you know, focus on him. I don't like it when people are like, oh, you need to focus on yourself. And when you know yourself and you love yourself, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all, but like, I didn't find fulfillment when I was like focusing on me, like giving me my self-love and me, me, me. Like I found my fulfillment when I was taking my eyes off of me and placing them on a other people and B uh, God and my relationship with him. When I was like, seriously, like for the past and still, I still am today. Like I'm just try, I try to be, and I don't try to be tunnel vision. I won't say that, but like, I try to keep my eyes focused on the prize and that is his kingdom period. The end for me. So, um, when you're not focused on that, it's really easy to get influenced by, and and even sometimes when you are focused on that, it's easy to get influenced by other people. And, and then also it's that sense of jealousy that I talked about earlier. It's like when everyone's, you know, getting married and like, that's all you want. And that's all you're focusing on. Like, you're just going to be miserable and jealous and, you know, not great to be around because that's all you're focusing on. And like, it gets to a point where you'll go, go out to someplace with friends and all of your friends are having a great time. And all of your focus, all you're focused on is surveying your prospects and like looking around where you are and you're not living in the moment. You're not having a good time with your friends because you're so focused on trying to meet somebody. And I only say this, like, I'm not being like dramatic. I'm just being like, this is what I used to do. And it, and you know, like, and, and even like when your friends are getting married, like you can't be happy for them because that's all you want and you're not getting it. So, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because I think we, as women do this a lot and I'm putting myself in this because I used to do this too, but when friends of mine would get in relationships or get engaged or get married in my mind, it was like, okay, well, that's one less guy that I'm going to be able to be with. And it's kind of weird, right? Because wait a minute, I don't want the person my friend is with wait, (laughs) I'm happy for them. I want them to be married and happy, but we, we think that just because someone takes a piece of the pie that there's no more pie left for you. And it's, it's no, like we live in this life of abundance. God has given us an abundant life and we get to live it to the full. But the only way we can do that is if we get out of our own way and not be jealous of the people who, who really do want to see us succeed and, and do love us and are just on a different path than we are. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that would be another thing too, is like, I think when you're so obsessive over the desire of wanting to be married, um, you tend to, first of all, only focus on yourself. So you can't even be happy for other people. Um, and that, and, and, and it goes back also to what I said, when friends would get in relationships and those relationships wouldn't even last. But again, just the fact that they had a relationship made me jealous and made me angry because they were meeting people and I wasn't. And it's just, oh, it's just such a toxic place to be. I wanted to ask you because you had to totally shift your mindset. How do you focus on the right things? So what are the right things to focus on? We kind of talked about that. Focus on the prize. Jesus is our prize. And if we're focused on Jesus, everything else is just not as big of a deal as we make it. We make mountains out of molehills is, yeah. you know, I've heard yeah. that before. 
But it's true. The problem is we as humans think that this life is all about us. It's all about what we want. It's all about how we feel. And if we're not getting that at the end of the day, then we're doing something wrong. But the thing is, is when you're a Christian and if you read your Bible, there is nothing in that book that is about you. People read the Bible and they'll read it and they'll be like, okay, how does this apply to me? There's not always going to be something that applies to you because the Bible is not about you. The Bible is about God and who he is and what he does and his promises. And so when we talk about looking at the right things, like he is the right thing, period, the end, there are no things it's him and his word. No, I'm not saying you should sit on your butt and read your Bible every day. And that's it. Do the bare minimum. That's it. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, keep your focus on the prize, which is eternal life in his kingdom. And if you don't know who Jesus is and you don't know what he did on the cross and you don't know that he died to save everyone, you're going to continue to strive to fill in all of these little areas of your life with other things and with yourself. Whereas that's why, that's why we continue to say like, focus on the right thing, which is Jesus, because he's the only one that will fulfill. And yeah, it's really easy to just focus on him because when his desires match up with your desires, when you're focused on God's will for your life rather than your will for your life, it's just so freeing. And it's sad because people look at Christianity or they look at the Bible and they're like, oh, it's rules and I can't do this and I can't do this. And it's like what you said earlier, he doesn't give us these things because he's like, I want you to have no fun down there on earth and you don't get to do this. (laughs) and you will be miserable. Like he doesn't do that. He doesn't, he gives us those, I guess you could say boundaries in a sense and a moral compass to, for our good. Because all I know is how I was living my life seven years ago was not fulfilling and I was miserable. How I've been living my life for the past two years now, before my boyfriend, yeah, I have a boyfriend now. That's great. He's awesome. But before that, I was way, like I was literally joyful. Like my friends would see me, talk to me on the phone, whatever. And they would be like, something's different about you. And I'm not just saying that they literally were like, something's different and nothing had changed. I hadn't gotten my job with Candace. I didn't have a boyfriend. Like I was still single. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed was I was reading my Bible and God saved my life. And it was so cool to be able to tell that to my friends and tell that to people around me where it wasn't like a, oh yeah, I got this new job and it's so great. And like, oh yeah, I met this guy. Like that wasn't what was bringing me joy. Literally what brings me joy day in and day out is Jesus because Austin, as much as I love him, he lets me down all the time and he drives me nuts all the time. But knowing that I have a firm foundation and also a person whose foundation is the same is the biggest, biggest blessing doesn't even mount up to what it is. That just makes it sound puny because it's so much more than that. (laughs) Well, God gave you, gave you a gift. I think when God puts us through the fire, we can really appreciate when he takes us out of it. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. believe God does. He'll put you through the fire to mold and shape you. There's a verse in Romans that says, you know, God is the potter and we are the clay. And it's, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you come out of it so much better, so much wiser, so much more in tune with who God is in your life. And who doesn't want that? So yeah. it's going to be a little hard. Like when you think of what God did for us, a little pain isn't going to hurt you. So yeah, totally. I have a, I have like a quote on my, or it's just like the caption of my testimony video and it, uh, I'm going to butcher it. Cause I'm not going to remember it word for word, but it's like, I've learned that I basically learned that trials don't like hurt your faith, but they refine your faith. If that makes sense. So I have a quote or yes, it's, it's a quote on my, um, it's like for the caption for my testimony. And it says, I've learned that suffering doesn't destroy faith, but it refines it. That's actually a quote from, um, Jeremy camps, late wife, his wife was just on fire for Jesus. And she died of, uh, ovarian cancer, I believe Mm -hmm. it was. Um, but, and that was one of the things that she said, she like wrote like a bunch of journals and that was one of the things that she said. And it just like really hit home for me because of all of the, I'm putting air quotes around suffering that I went through. Um, it, it didn't destroy my faith. It could have, but it didn't, it refined it instead. So I thought that was really beautiful. It is beautiful. I think when we allow God to enter our lives, we, we technically run the risk of more suffering because I don't think when I think some people believe, okay, if I just, if I just become a Christian, my life's going to make sense. Oh yeah. And it really does it. (laughs) Or it's going to be easier. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let me take that back a little bit. Life will make a little more sense, but it will not necessarily be easier. And I, yeah, yeah, I can't agree with that more than what you just said. So, and if we are not worshiping God, we will worship something else, something else will take its place, God's place, but it doesn't fulfill you like God will you have. Okay. This is the cheesiest thing that someone's ever told to me, but it's stuck with me, but you have a Jesus shaped hole. And if you keep trying to stuff it with other things, it just doesn't fit the way Jesus does. So just fill it with Jesus and you're going to feel a lot better. (laughs) Amen. I think girls ask this question all the time. I know I've asked this question because sometimes, right. Uh, some of the failed relationships you go through, you just think to yourself, why, why was this guy in my life? Why did he come to ruin everything? I feel like I'm destroyed, but you talk about in your testimony that he was a vessel to get you to Jesus, to get you to say yes to Jesus, but it took you a long time to get there. So can you just talk about that? Because I think a lot of women could kind of benefit from hearing that there is other reasons why than just to ruin your life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't come to that. I wish I came to that conclusion on my own that I, that he was a vessel that, uh, Jesus used to bring me closer to him. But my best friend, Brie, who I recently talked about earlier, um, I'll never forget when she, she said that to me and I was like, no way. Like, there's just no way that God would go so out of his way to give me everything I've ever wanted in a husband just to take it away, just to get my attention. There's no way God is that big, which again, just shows you how small I thought God really was. Um, which again, also goes back to when I was like, he takes the one thing that you're like, no, you can't have this God. And he's like, Oh really? Let me show you what I'm made of. Just kidding. He's not like that. But, uh, well, he's kind of like that. 
I had only dated two guys in my entire life that uh, professed to be Christians. And he was one of them before, obviously my boyfriend now, but, but he was the first one who was actually a Christian. And he just constantly pointed me uh, to God's love. He, he really just like reminded me of that. And especially when I was in like a hole of God hates me and he's doing this to punish me. Whereas like, I do think that God was like what we just said, refining me in those moments. And I think I did need to go through all those trials to get my head above water. Looking back, you know, you never, you never see it in the moment of like, oh, God's using him as a vessel right now. Like it wasn't until months after the fact that I looked back and it was also the first time where during the heartbreak as well, I kind of didn't ask God why for the first time ever. Cause normally like whenever I'd go through a heartbreak, I'd always be like, why God, why are you doing this again? So dramatic. I'm so annoying. But <laughs> this was like the first one where like, I just didn't, I didn't ask. I was more just kind of like, okay, if I never had met this guy, first of all, he never would have been, he, he helped me like realize how important an equally yoked relationship was. Um, because it was the first time or the second time, but like really like the first time I could talk to somebody about my faith and they would understand or, or he would, he would point me back to Jesus rather than me always doing the work, putting quotations around the work. So it really opened my eyes to like what a relationship like that would be like. And little did I know that was just, he was just the tip of the iceberg. Like now my relationship, I'm like, holy crap. Like I wouldn't want to be with anybody else and there's nobody else that could lead me the way that Austin leads me I think but looking at that old relationship and then kind of just realizing like if that guy never said no to me um and said yes like yeah I want to do this like let's date I don't think I would have ever gone home and been like I want to read my bible but I do know that when I love I love hard And when I'm with somebody, I want to give all my time to them. I want to be there for them. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because it's a blessing. And it's also a curse because I focus in so much and I want to be there for that person. And so with this guy living so far away, I literally would have moved. And I know God knew that was in my heart. Like I was like, I'll do whatever it takes to make this work. Like I'll fly up there or drive up there, whatever I need to do to make this work that would have left no room for me to really pour into my own relationship with Christ. Cause I would have just been constantly pouring into this other relationship. You just, you weren't ready mentally no. to be God centered and to also be with somebody else. And I think yeah, that's no. also evident in kind of how you're describing it. Yeah. Yeah. And like when we don't take the time to work on our relationship with Christ, not on our relationship with ourselves, but on our relationship with Christ, it's really easy to just focus in on another person. That's why it's so funny because Paul tells us like, Hey, be single if you can, because it's way easier to focus on Jesus. If you're single rather than in a relationship, because like, yes, if you're in a relationship that and that person is equally yoked with you, it's really like, it can be a faithful blessing and they can point you back to that. But at the same time, you're still, your your focus is a little 
taken away towards another person. So um, that was kind of like how it was for me. It was just like, I, I know myself and I know that if he would have said yes, I would not be where I am today with my relationship with Christ. Love that. There's so many things I want to say now that you just said all that. And they all like, you know how ideas go through your head, but then you're listening yeah, to I know. and then another idea goes through your head. That just, that happened to me like 10 times. But the one yeah. thing that I really want to talk about is you said, I don't think anybody could lead me the way Austin is leading me now. And I think yeah. that's such a beautiful thing. But a, I think a big part of why your relationship now is so much better is because you did work alone first. You did your yeah. own work. You didn't just say, I'm going to wait for a man to come lead me. You said, no, I got to lead me first. I have to look to Jesus. I have to go to church. I have to commit to things like, and I mean, we can't help it. It just happens. Sometimes you just go, okay, he's got to be a Christian. He's got to have a good job. He's got to have a nice family, like all these things, but make sure that you are somebody that someone wants to be with too. And then with all of these other things that you said, again, I had like a hundred ideas run through my head, but the other thing is we're both now currently in relationships that we're both ecstatic about. We're so happy. They love Jesus. They, you know, we do talk about the Lord and it's God centered and all these different things that we've always wanted. But I know I want to be a woman who has even if faith. And so it makes me think of, I always get their names wrong. But uh, the three men who go into the fire, Daniel. Oh, Meshach, Shabendigo or whatever. Yes, 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 thank you. I couldn't do it. But the three men who go through the fire, okay? So they're, they're in Egypt. They're in front of Pharaoh. They won't bow down to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, I'm literally going to put you in the fire and kill you if you don't do this. And Daniel says, even if, even if God doesn't save us right now, we still won't. We still won't bow down to you because we know who God is and we love God and God loves us. And we know even if what I want doesn't happen, even if I never get married, even if I never, you know, have a baby, even if I'm still going to love God, I'm still going to choose God every single day. And that's the kind of faith we want to have. Even if my boyfriend and I break up tomorrow, I want to have that kind of faith that I'm still going to choose God and I'm still going to believe he has a better plan for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that only comes when you do the work and that, that doesn't just happen overnight where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I have this incredible faith in God and I don't know where it came from, but here it is. And I'm just going to run with it. Like, uh, no, you know, like it, it's that that's not how us humans work at all. That even if faith comes from study comes from spending time with your creator, because when you spend time with him, that's how your faith grows. Like, yes, he instills that faith in you, but that's not, it just doesn't stop there. Like you don't just accept Christ in your life and you're like, yep. Okay. Moving on. I'm just going to go do whatever I do. And la la la. Like you should have a yearning and you should want to know who Jesus is. And that was like, my biggest thing is like, I said, I had this, you know, faith and I never, knew what my faith and my foundation even was like, I didn't know anything about Jesus because I never took the time to learn about who he was and what he did. Yeah. I hear, I heard sermons like all the time and my parents all the time, but it's so different when you do it for yourself. And when you take the time to 
learn and read and all of those things. And that's why it makes me so sad when I see girls just going from relationship to relationship or uh, boy to boy, because, you know, they, that's what they think is going to help. And that's what they think is going to get them to that end goal. Whereas I, I just learned so much when I just within those last two years of my life, when I just decided to sit down and listen for once, because I like got involved in a Bible study because I wanted to meet somebody. And then God was like, in your face, this is funny. Everybody in the Bible study was married. Every single person. I was the only single person in the Bible study. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I'm never going to meet somebody. This is so, and at, like, at first I was jaded about it and I was really annoyed, but then in turn, I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually sit back and like, listen to what these people have to say and maybe learn something from them because I know one day I will be married and I want to know, you know, I just want to learn you know, so many people who are already married have so much wisdom to give. And when we sit and like, listen, it's amazing what you can learn. Yes. <laughs> so, and I never took the time to do that. And so I don't know, just within those two years, I just really honed in on that. I love it. I love it. Okay. This is the last one. So okay. last minute advice, women who want to be married, who want a godly relationship, who want to love Jesus. Well, right now, right here, this moment and not be so obsessed with romantic relationships, but yet they still want to be married. What do you say? What do you say to her? Um, so oof, goodness. Um, number one, surrender your desires over to Jesus. Like just give them to him because he wants them and he's waiting with open arms to like guide you and to teach you. And also don't expect for your surrender to just be like, I surrender. And that's it. Like surrender is like an every minute, every second of every day kind of thing where you want to control everything. You want to do this. You want to do that. And the only thing I can say is the minute that that happens, be aware and be like, no, I surrender. God, I surrender. And, and just say it out loud. There's so much power in saying things out loud. When I pray, I pray out loud. And some people are, that's like super weird for them. And I totally get that. What's awesome is I don't feel like a crazy, like I look like a crazy person, but I don't feel like a crazy person because I legit believe that God is listening to me. And I have this mindset that he is my father and he's also like my best friend and I can just come to him and like, like there's nothing that he doesn't know. There's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to surprise God and God knows everything. So it's like, there's nothing you can hide from him. So surrender would be my advice. Again, listen, like I said, listen, don't roll your eyes. Don't be so jaded and miserable to be around, but instead listen and stop focusing on everyone else's timetable and focus and stay in your lane because everybody's timetable is different. I have had friends that have gotten married at 24 to friends that are still 28 and are still single or are just now getting engaged or um, friends that are in their thirties and they're just now having kids. Like every timetable is different. And the minute that you think that you have your timetable figured out is the minute you are wrong. 
Enjoy your life and your husband will come when he's meant to come. Focus on your relationship with Christ and get that set and continue to, because like, that's never something that just you're like, there's like a finish line where you have right. to do all these things and there's a finish line. Like your relationship with Christ in your maturity and your faith is always growing. It's always changing. And that's something that I've learned and I've seen as well over the past two and a half years or whatever. So that, and then number one, this is, this should have been number one, read your dang Bible, just <laughs> read it. It's appalling that 40, and this is a real statistic, 47% of Christians do not read their Bible. That means 47% of people that are like, I believe in Jesus, have no idea what their faith is, no idea what their foundation is, or is being told by another, by a pastor who is also just as sinful as a human as they are. And they're just getting fed that instead of actually going to the word of God and being like, okay, God, what do you have for me? It was so cool. Like, and I'll just talk about this really quick because I love the Bible so much, but (laughs) literally yesterday I was reading my Bible and I, you know, I read what I read and just like, I just couldn't really focus. And I just didn't know, like, what, what am I supposed to be learning? Like, I just don't know. Like, it was just one of those mornings, you know? And the minute I like realized that I just like, wasn't focusing. And I literally said out loud, I was like, God, what do you have for me? Like reveal whatever you're trying to reveal to me that I'm literally blocking you from. And I'm not even joking. I'm not saying this is what it's going to happen always, but instantaneously my eyes were opened and I was like, Oh my gosh, it, it said this and that this connects to this. And like, it was this whole thing. And I was like, wow. So like, don't just rely on yourself when you read your Bible. Like there's a Holy spirit that is there to guide you and to help you through those things. And there's also people. I'm so grateful that I have a community that I have in my church. We don't go to church because it's like another thing that you tick off the box. Like you go to church for community, to be with like-minded believers that you can go to and you can run to when you're struggling in your sin. And you can confess that to them because you trust them. That is the point of church. The whole point of church is community. So I'm so grateful that I had a community and I went out of my way to find that community. Like I didn't have any friends that either A, didn't already have a church or be wanted to go church shopping with me. I did it all by myself, which is not fun. You know, like, thankfully I just did it and I was able to find the W, which is where I go now. But like, if I didn't have Dylan, my pastor who I went to and I was like, I want to read the Bible, but I don't know how. And he was like, guided me to read John. I would have been on my own. So that's the whole point of having an awesome community around you is those people are there to also shepherd you and pour into you and help you. So that was a lot of points, but you know, those are all, I think just really important and that they've helped me. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. I think women are going to be blessed by what you have to say today. And I'm very excited. So thank you. I hope so. And if anybody is listening and they want to talk more. I I literally like, please DM me. I I love, I love getting DMS and talking about Jesus. Like it's literally my, my favorite thing. I love it when they come in. And so if anybody has questions or wants to talk more, like, please, please DM me.
please. Yes. I will link Mackenzie in the show notes. Guys, we will see you. Well, we will talk next week. Guys, you made it to the end. And I'm truly so thankful for all of your support. It means so much more to me than you will ever know. With that in mind, it would be so great if you could go and do two things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast. This just tells your iTunes app to download the most recent episodes so you don't miss a thing. No spam emails or unnecessary reminders. The app will only tell you the important stuff. Number two, rate and leave a review for the podcast. Just take a moment after this episode and write a quick review on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews make a huge difference and help iTunes suggest the podcast to new listeners. All right, guys, rant officially over. Thank you for listening. Whether this is your first episode or you have been around since the beginning, this podcast wouldn't be anything without you. I cannot wait to read your comments. Let's catch up next week. Talk soon.